You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Hi, this is Pastor Chris from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, and today I want to talk to you about how to overcome anxiety. But before I do, I want to show you this video clip that shows you how much God loves you. Through all the difficulties, through all the problems, through all the hardships, through all the uncertainties, you've got to know that God loves you and cares for you, so watch this. Have you ever felt alone, helpless, maybe even hopeless? It's terrifying to find yourself in a situation that's beyond your control, to realize that your power alone is not enough. For some, this could mean discovering that this month you don't have enough to pay the bills, or it could be as devastating as a loved one falling ill. Whatever the situation, it's within these moments that we're left feeling completely lost, completely alone, completely powerless. And it is here, when our fear and pain are too great to bear, that we must turn to a power greater than our own, to the one who tells us that not even a single sparrow can fall to the ground without our Father in heaven knowing. In our moments of greatest need, we can take refuge in a heavenly Father who cares so much for His creation that even the birds of the air are under His watchful eye. We serve a Savior who, in our weakness, demonstrates His protective strength by reminding us that we are more valuable than a whole flock of sparrows. Now is the time to cast our worries upon him and go fly with the birds. That God's Endless Love video was pretty good, wasn't it? All right, help to overcome anxiety. Anxiety. We've just endured one of the most anxious years of our lives. Uh, Last year at this time, we're like, how are we going to get through this? When will this ever end? Uh, what are we going to do about jobs? Will there be a cure? How many people will die of this COVID thing? And so uh, we're experiencing more freedom. We're not wearing masks. We're getting back together at church and sporting events and uh, schools are planning to get back together. And a lot of people are anxious about getting back together, anxious about being in crowds, anxious about being near each other anxious when they're at the grocery store and there's a guy on aisle six and he's coughing. You're not wearing a mask. He's not wearing a mask. And all of a sudden you're like off to aisle three. It's like, I'm not going over by that guy because I don't know what he's got, but he's coughing and that's got to be bad, right? Is that a COVID cough? Oh, wait, I was vaccinated. Wait, that doesn't mean I'll never get it. Anyway, anxiety. Anxiety causes us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. Anxiety causes us to uh, become unhealthy, to not sleep, to gain weight, to uh, have increased blood pressure, to uh, <laughs> lose our hair. Uh, pretty sure that was genetic, not ang- ang- anxious, anxiety. But anyway, um, unfortunately, uh, the world is still full of trouble and sickness. The Bible offers hope and help to enable you to overcome those helpless attitudes and paralyzing feelings anxiety brings. So I want to share with you seven statements to help you to overcome anxiety, to help you find peace in the midst of anxiety, to help you overcome the stress that comes from worrying. So I'm going to skim over a large portion of Paul's letter to the Philippian church. 
So Paul is actually writing from Nero's prison in Rome, and he's thanking the church people for sending money to help provide for Paul's needs. If you read the entire epistle, you'll find even more encouragement to rejoice through suffering and anxiety. So I'm just going to jump into the middle of the letter where Paul was just sharing that he could have put his confidence in his past education, social status, and accomplishments, but instead he would rather give all that up to pursue and serve Jesus, even if it leads to suffering or prison like he's in right now, and that he's not perfect, but yet he presses on. So let me start even earlier. Let me start even earlier. Philippians 3.13 Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All right, so here are the seven statements. I can overcome anxiety when I... And then we're going to fill in the blank. So I can overcome anxiety when I, number one, live the prescribed life. Philippians 3.15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So live the prescribed life. So Paul said if you are mature in Christ, you should have a servant's attitude just like he shared with them. Uh, he says, just like I shared with you. When you're doing what you know you're to be doing and living the way you ought to be living, there's less to be anxious about. 2 Peter 3.18 says, Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All glory to Him, both now and forever. Amen. So, we need to keep learning about living the Christ life. We need to keep living out what we've already learned. Paul was a model to follow. So, look for people that you can learn from by imitating what they do. So, many years ago, I was promoted from the head of the shipping department to customer service. Uh, I worked with this guy in customer service named Brad, and he had lots of experience dealing with customers, and his cubicle was next to mine. I would also often listen to what Brad was telling the customers, recording his words and phrases in my mind, and I was able to get up to speed helping customers much faster because I was imitating Brad. Maybe you are worthy of imitating, but nobody knows it, and you need to get around more people. Uh, maybe you just need to work on becoming more imitatable because people are watching and people see what you do and how you do it. Uh, Jesus was a perfect example to follow. John 13, 15. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Number two, I recognize enemy strife. I recognize enemy strife. Philippians 3, 18. For, as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. All right, so sometimes anxiety is caused by people who are self-serving, godless or religious people who try to destroy our confidence in Christ. That causes us anxiety. Uh, Jewish Christians who still wanted to force everyone to keep the Old Testament law, or some false teachers who taught that it doesn't matter what you do with your body since Christ only redeems and cares about your soul. So you can do whatever you want with your body, 
but uh, you know, Jesus only cares about your soul. That's, they're connected. That's a terrible way to live. That leads to anxiety. You shouldn't do that. Jesus warned against false teachers in the church in Matthew 7, 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but really are vicious wolves. And in Isaiah, we are reminded that we need to put the brakes on when we're around prideful people whose glory is their shame. Isaiah 5, 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. <laughs> There's a lot of people in our culture doing that right now. Just crazy what people are teaching, what people believe, what people think that is best for uh, boys and girls and men and women and sports and society. And oh, what a mess. Whoa. You know, when I say whoa, I say I'm, a, I'm on a horse. And I say, whoa, I pull back on the reins. It means stop. Uh, Woe to those who call evil good. Whoa, hit the brakes when you're around people like that. When you see teaching like that, when people are trying to shove that stuff down your throat, hit the brakes on that. You know, Satan will use everything he can to distract us. He'll get do everything he can to get us off the narrow road and uh, try to get us to pursue the priorities and passions of the world to compromise. And he's the tempter, and then he's the the accuser. So what he does is he tempts us to sin. He tempts us to do wrong. He tempts us to do things that we wouldn't normally do or wouldn't want to do, but then we give in. He's like, oh, it's not going to matter. Nobody's going to know. It'll be fine. You should do it. It's exciting. And then you give in, and then he's the accuser. He's like, what have you done? Everybody's going to know now. You can't follow Christ. You can't tell people about Jesus. You can't serve Jesus. God doesn't want to have any part of you. I know what you did. It's like the same thing that you, Satan tempted you to do is what you gave into doing. He's gone from being the tempter to the accuser. He wants to separate us from Christ. He wants to keep us from serving Christ. He wants to keep us from finding peace in Christ. Uh, unconfessed sin in our life is a source of anxiety and a lack of peace. James 4.4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. All right, number three, I keep my sights on the heavenly life. I keep my sights on the heavenly life. Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. So while the false teachers were focused on earthly temporary things, Paul wants us to keep our focus on our eternal reward and destiny. When we feel anxious, we need to remember that for believers, these bodies, these circumstances, and these situations that cause so much trouble in our lives are only temporary. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So Jesus expects his faithful followers to be expectantly waiting, awaiting his return. We're supposed to be waiting for Jesus to come back. When Christ returns, we will get what is called our redeemed or glorified bodies, and they will be like Christ's resurrected body. So they'll be perfect, without age or wrinkle. Uh, They'll not be susceptible to disease or decay or fatigue. Uh, We'll be able to eat, drink, talk, walk, and do all the things we want to do and enjoy life, but not have the physical limitations of our present bodies. We will be with Jesus and rule with Him. He will give us glorified bodies and we will spend eternity with Him. 
Eternity in heaven. Where is heaven? Heaven is where Jesus is. Acts 1.11 Men of Galilee, the angel said, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Jesus is going to return for us. Jesus is coming back. This life that we live right now is temporary. Uh, in Jesus, those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are saved, those of us who have our ticket to heaven, who are assured we're going to heaven, uh, are um, waiting for Jesus to return. And that is an exciting thing. So we should always make our plans and say, well, you know, if the, my grandpa used to always say this, if the Lord tarries, if the Lord waits to return, then we'll go do this. We'll go fishing. We'll, we'll start this business. We'll plant this church, whatever. Number four, I care for others and keep unity tight. I care for others and keep unity tight. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Verse 3, yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it Again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You know, the Apostle Paul, he cared for people. He loved them. He wanted to be around them. He was interested in their, in their lives. Even when he was in prison, he showed that he cared for them. He saw them not as a king's crown, but as an Olympic victory crown. Basically, it was like saying that one of the greatest rewards in my life is knowing you is having, uh, being connected to you, having a relationship with you in Christ, one of the greatest rewards, uh, one of the greatest prizes in this life that God has given me is you, my very great reward, a crown. And then he calls out co-workers who have uh, a conflict. So, have you ever been anxious because of a conflict at work, or on the team, or in the neighborhood, or in your family? It's good when we can make peace. Uh, this week I read about a woman who shared with her friend, my husband bought me a mood ring. Remember those rings that would change colors? Uh, they were popular in the 70s and 80s. I, I actually saw one not too long ago. So anyway, my husband bought me a mood ring the other day. When I'm in a good mood, it turns green. And when I'm in a bad mood, it leaves a red mark on his forehead. It's kind of funny. All right. Um, it's no secret I like the Life Application Bible, and I uh, have the Life Application Bible commentary that I consult often, and it's always full of good things. Uh, the text note for verse 2 says we need to deal with conflict, and this is what it said. I thought it was really great. Deal with it. In any group of people, from churches to bowling leagues, offenses will occur and pride will get hurt. The difference between churches and other groups is that pride should not control a situation. Christians should be eager to forgive, forget, and go on. Many Christians lack the humility or the motivation to deal with hurts and sights in the proper way. Grudges go on for years. Gossip makes mountains of anthills and hard feelings become like pillars, just part of the architecture. 
No one in the church should be expected to agree with everyone else on every issue facing the group, except one, the most important, Jesus is Lord. Around that wonderful common keynote, the harmonies of a thousand different voices sing. If you hold a grudge against someone in the church, settle it today. Find common ground in Jesus. Make reconciliation and get your Christian service back to full strength. I thought that was really good, and we need to do that. Romans 14, 19 says, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. All right, so when we think of other people and their needs more than our own, it can help us keep from being anxious. Sometimes our situation doesn't change, but we're so focused on caring for others that we don't have time to be worried or anxious because we're just so busy caring about other people. You see how that works? Uh, it's even better than a distraction because you're helping other people. When we seek to please the audience of one, we're acknowledging that Jesus is present in our lives and cares about what we do. Remember, he is watching and returning soon. Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Martin Luther King Jr., from an address given the night before he died, said, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Number five. Number five, I process my anxiety to keep my burdens light. So to help overcome anxiety, I process that anxiety to help keep my burdens light. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will, get, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, Paul doesn't just say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Uh, no, he gives a procedure to follow, a process to walk through. And every situation, it says. So what's the situation? Your health, job, money, relationships, future, lack of rain, unending snow. There's a lot of people that haven't paid their rent and the um, government's uh, protection of kicking people out for unpaid rent is about to end. That's going to be troublesome. Uh, if I was a farmer, I'd be really concerned because we're really lacking rain. Uh, my lawn is so yellow right now. I knew I should have done the western landscaping with the cactuses and the rocks, which might be weird in Minnesota, but for right now, it would be great. Um, every situation, uh, adult children, grandkids, uh, elderly parents, every situation. Uh, concerned about your car, car troubles, money troubles, job change, every situation. In every situation, pray. Pray. Stop and drop. <laughs> go talk with the Lord through prayer. Maybe you get on your knees, maybe you go to a prayer closet, maybe you walk and pray, but you uh, approach the Lord in prayer. Praying is talking to God, and you humbly approach the Lord, and you present your requests. Here's my problems. Here's what I need. Uh, this is when I think I need it. This is why I think it's so important. This is why this person needs it. This is why I think that you should heal them. This is why I think that you should provide this. This is why I think that you should help me. This is why I think that you should 
forgive me. You know, one of the best things you can do when you start praying is uh, first to adore, adore the Lord. Uh, the acts of prayer, you, you know this, we've talked about this before. Adoration, adoring the Lord. Confession, confessing any known sin, anything that you've done that you shouldn't have done, confess that to the Lord. Uh, then T, thanksgiving, being thankful, and then supplication, asking for others and yourself. The acts of prayer, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Anyway, back to Paul's procedure. All right, with thanksgiving. Okay, the problem. Uh, here's what I, let's get back to the problem. Uh, present your request. So here's what I need. This is when I think I need it. This is why I think it's so important. Uh, maybe you want to write that down. Maybe you want to journal it. Maybe you want to put the date there. And then as you pray about it, as you keep praying about it, then I'll write down in there when that prayer is answered. There's been some times when I didn't think a prayer was ever going to get answered, but it did eventually. Sometimes it seems like it takes so long. But uh, no, when I look back, it was like uh, this problem that I thought would never go away, this problem that I had that I never thought I'd get out of, I did. And God provided. And I wrote that as a uh, praise then in my little journal. Actually, I'm a disorganized journaler. I don't have a special little journal book. I just have a lot of scraps of paper and a few napkins where <laughs> I've written stuff down. So maybe someday I'll transcribe that into a more organized manner, but not today. But anyway, write it down, journal it. Uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, Lord, thank you for hearing. Thank you for caring. Thank you for answering in your way and in your timing. Thank you for letting me place this burden in your hands. Thank you for uh, saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for the people in my life. Thank you for uh, just letting me know that I can pray about these things and have confidence. Uh, thank you that if this is not your will, that's not going to happen. Uh, thank you that if it's not your timing, that there might be a better time. Uh, thank you that if it's not the right thing, that you're going to show me something better. Uh, thank you. And then peace. Peace is a result of all of this. If the Philippians would take to heart Paul's words, then they will turn from anxiety to prayer and be filled with the peace of God. This peace is different from the world's peace. It is peace that Jesus promised his disciples, and all those who would follow him when he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid in John 14, 27. True peace is not found in positive thinking, in absence of conflict, or in good feelings. It comes from knowing that God is in control. Believers are given peace with God when they believe, Romans 5, 1, and they have the inner quiet of peace of God as they walk daily with him. You know, Matthew 6, 33, uh, I've held on to this verse. I've loved this verse. Uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And you need to put God first in everything. Uh, seek him first. Uh, pray about things. And then as you're prioritizing the Lord, you'll have everything that you need. Check it out. Look in Matthew chapter 6 yourself. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Thoughts. Thoughts matter. What we think about matters. Number six. I focus my mind on the whatevers to think right. So to help overcome anxiety, I focus my mind on the whatevers to think right. So it's not like, oh, well, my life's, my life's falling apart. Whatever. Don't have a job. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how to pay that bill. Whatever. Hey, you know, if you can't pay a bill, one of the best things you can do is let whoever you owe the bill to 
No, then you're having problems paying it and maybe they can work something out. It's better than getting a late mark on your credit or having them all of a sudden start foreclosing or trying to um, repossess things. Sometimes if you say that uh, I'm going through this right now, um, maybe you want to pray about it before you talk to them, but uh, um, could you um, let me pay less or help me uh, in this time? All right, number number six, I focus my mind on the whatever's to think right. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, you should put this you should put this by your TV. This would be a great picture to put next to your TV. You probably watch less things, but it'd be good to put on your TV. Uh, Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, so many times we're getting the wrong information in our head, in our minds, in our hearts. Uh, We're listening to the wrong kind of music and it's giving us the wrong messages. And you're like, oh, I only listen to the music part. I don't really listen to the words. Uh, the words slip in there conveniently, and then pretty soon it's affecting your thoughts, your decisions, your choices, even uh, your fears. Um, listening to the wrong music or watching the wrong shows, bad books, bad websites, they all can lead us to be afraid or anxious or feel inferior. Uh, when I was little, I saw some, when I was a little kid, I saw some bad movies, some scary movies. Uh, and then I was afraid of the cemetery that was like a block from my house. Uh, you know, I've had to walk past it in the morning to get to the school bus or um, that time of the year when it gets dark earlier and being near the cemetery, as I was kind of scared of it because anything ever happened in the cemetery? No. I watched a movie and somehow it gave me the idea when I was a little kid that there was stuff going on in the cemetery that I should be afraid about. Uh, You want to do all you can to guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. You want to think about what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, and excellent. So true has many meanings, including in accordance with reality, not lies, rumors, or embellishments, Uh, sincere, not deceitful, or with evil motives, and loyal, faithful, proper, reliable, and genuine. Those things are true. The Word of God is true. God himself is is true. Whatever is noble. So we should think about things that are noble or honorable, uh, worthy of respect, dignified, exalted in character, or excellent. Whatever is right. um, Thoughts and plans uh, that are right. They meet God's just standards. They are in keeping with the truth. They are righteous. Whatever is pure means free from contamination or wholesome. Um, Paul was probably speaking of moral purity Um, often very difficult to maintain in your thought life. Uh, Whatever is lovely, Paul was referring to thoughts of great moral and spiritual beauty, not of evil, lovely, beautiful. Uh, Whatever is admirable, it refers refers to things that speak well of the thinker, thoughts that recommend, uh, give confidence in, afford approval, or praise, reveal positive and constructive thinking. A believer's thoughts, if heard by others, should be commendable, not condemnatory. Uh, If there is anything excellent, all moral excellence, in this way Paul summed up what could have been a lengthy list of the qualities that should describe a believer's thought life. And if there is anything praiseworthy, that phrase may be restated as anything that deserves a thinker's praise or anything that God deems praiseworthy. For believers are developing a mind like Christ, and these two should be one and the same. 
All right, so Paul is writing down what would become Scripture, and this is what the Holy Spirit wants him to say. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 affirms that, backs that up. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So Paul was writing a letter that the Holy Spirit was going to use for Scripture. Uh, James also wrote Scripture in James 1.22, and he wrote, Do not merely listen to the Word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So what are you feeding your mind? What are you doing to uh, grow in your faith? Uh, Here's another video clip. What did you feed? Watch this. It's good. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Who by worrying can add to their life? Do not worry about tomorrow. Pagans run after these things. National emergency. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are melting so fast. An interesting fact about humanity is that whatever you feed grows. A financial pandemic. If you feed your faith, it grows. If you feed your fears, they grow. So all spiral very quickly. It's going to get worse. Some have to live and some have to die. Realize that our time is better spent talking to the Father than getting all worked up and reading and feeding our minds with the news and the media about what everybody is saying about how this is doom and gloom and how money, which we have hoped in, is lost. Hope not in money. Hope in your Father your God, Jesus Christ, your Savior. Have your faith and use it. Walk according to it. Whatever you feed grows. This is the time to press into the church, lean into the church, to be surrounded by God's people. We can offer prayers for one another. We can offer hope to one another. We can speak words of truth to one another. If you feast on the word of God and you renew your minds around the truth, your faith, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But if you go to the news and you read article after article after quote after talking head and you continue to feed those fears, they grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whatever you feed grows. Today, did you wake up this morning and feast on the word of God and go to him in prayer? Or did you feed your fears? Wasn't that good? A little convicting. Wasn't that good? All right. Number seven. Number seven, I put into practice God's peaceful plan for my life. I put into practice God's peaceful plan for my life. Philippians 4.9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. So read this passage over and over again. Follow the process. Uh, Years ago, I worked at a company that made anti-reflective coated eyeglass lenses. Uh, The coating on the lenses it wasn't supposed to be too blue, too purple, or too green. There was a perfect color. It was premium quality. Uh, as employees there, they paid us to document everything we did, and they had a library of process and procedures. At first, I thought the process and procedures uh, were in case we quit or died, so they could just hand the new worker the info, and he could read it or she could read it, and then uh, pick up where we left off. But it turned out that it had an even better uh, result. Um, so they made us also learn statistical process control uh, charting, and we had to measure 
everything they thought was worth measuring. So they measured color, they measured scratches, they measured all the stuff on the production line. Um, I was in customer service at the time and we were measuring customer complaints and defects and what was sent back and returns and all these things were being charted. Kind of seemed like a waste of time, but it turned out that it was a good idea. And I'll tell you why. Uh, by the way, uh, all this data was being analyzed by some by people and by managers before everyone had a computer on their desk. So it was looking at paper charts and doing real math with a pencil on paper back then. So, but there came a time when the data on the statistical SPC statistical process control SPC charts were showing a manufacturing problem. The customer service charts were showing there was a durability issue. Um, not many customers were complaining yet. It seemed like uh, a problem was being caught. So the leaders of the company came out of their offices after a big meeting and they stopped the manufacturing process and told everyone to take out their process and procedure manuals and look to see if something had changed, to figure out if some step was being skipped or if something was being done or something extra was happening. What's changed? Go look at your manuals and also uh, make notes if anything needs to be changed in the manual for the future. Keep those updated. So it turns out they discovered the cleaning process had been evolving to supposedly be more time efficient, but it also turns out that it was not as effective. So they followed the full process as it was documented in the past in the procedure manual, and then they got the results they were expecting. It's really hard for me to just tell you, do not worry and expect that you're not going to worry. Uh, I'm preaching this to myself. Some days I worry. Some days I'm worried about what comes next. Some days I'm worried about if I was worried through the whole COVID thing. I didn't know how the church was going to survive and it did. Didn't know how we were going to pay our mortgage and we did. Didn't know what was going to come next and God was faithful. But this whole idea about placing things in God's hands, I need to practice it as much as you do. I need to follow that procedure. I need to do it what it says. Again, for, as a reminder, uh, with emphasis, Philippians 4, 6, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace, His supernatural peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So again, what was the process? Don't be anxious about anything. In every situation, pray. Present your requests. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience peace, and that peace will guard you. Hey, if uh, you haven't uh, been tuning into this video uh, channel, uh, River Rocks uh, videos, um, these are just pre-recorded uh, messages for the church at home crowd, the people that can't make it to church, the people that aren't willing to attend, the people that uh, are, are watching from far away or just have, have to work or something. Uh, we're pre-recording the message. Uh, my wife says the real live messages are always more personal and always better than the pre-recorded ones. So, um, but maybe you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you want to do that today. That's the first step of finding peace, peace with God and peace in your situation. Uh, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
then you have uh, the assurance that God hears your prayers and your prayers can be answered according to God's will. So the problem is that we're separated from God because of our sin. Sin separates us from God. We're all sinners. And sin is doing anything against God's will. And I'm sure if you think about it, there's probably something in your life that you've done that uh, was sinful and you own it. But God can't handle sin, can't accept sin in his presence. God is pure and perfect. So he provided a way for us to be forgiven of our sin through Jesus, who came and lived among us. He died on the cross to cover our sin, uh, rose again, ascended into heaven, and he's going to come back someday. But he paid for sin. So basically, he paid the bill, but we need it to be applied to our account. The only way that happens is when we accept that free gift of salvation, when we accept that payment, uh, we need to do that through prayer. Praying something like this, follow me in prayer if you want to be saved. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sin. I want to apply that to my account. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Save me and make me the person you created me to be. I want to follow you. I want to learn learn from you. I want to learn how to live for you and serve you and make a difference in the world. Thank you for saving me and assuring me heaven and answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Or something similar to that. So let us know if you did that because we want to help you to grow in your Christian life. So um, again, back to these videos. Uh, They're pre-recorded because River Rock Church currently doesn't have a place to meet. We have a small place to meet. We're meeting in the front of the brewery restaurant on Main Street. So um, there is uh, space for, I guess if we pack the place now, I guess you could fit 90 people in there. But uh, you're invited to attend. You're invited to come. The uh, live message is always a little different. Plus there's prayer time, uh, worship time, um, fellowship. So it's always better to be in person. Anyway, um, we're at the uh, 116 West Main Street. 9.30 a.m. on Sundays. Hope to see you there. And then um, if you want to uh, see more of what's going on at River Rock Church, you can go to riverrockchurch.com and you can uh, riverrockchurch.com slash pray to submit prayer requests, riverrockchurch.com slash watch or slash slash listen to hear past messages. Uh, River Rock Church is supported fully by those who care about our church, who give. Uh, Most people give online now. Uh, you can also give to P.O. Box 184, Bell Plain, Minnesota, 56011. But by your giving, you're able to help River Rock Church keep moving forward. And we have some exciting changes coming up. So we're excited about the future at River Rock Church. And uh, there's going to be a lot of new changes. And hopefully uh, will lead to uh, new lives being um, drawn to Christ and new opportunities for people to serve and uh, just a great new future. So keep uh, giving to River Rock Church to help us keep going. Uh, riverrockchurch.com slash give. So uh, anyway, I'm out of time and uh, I'll be back next week with uh, a message about uh, being free on the 4th of July. And You've been listening to a message from River Rock Church. River Rock Church exists to help people of all ages connect to Christ and live well lives. W stands for worshiping, E for encouraging, L for learning, and L for loving. God wants you to be well. Visit riverrockchurch.com for our latest news and to access resources to help you and the people you care about live well lives.